How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get. You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings, how to set up your playoffs, how to determine draft order, how to determine rookie auction values, things like that. Stuff that commissioners might be interested in, like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps. We also answer commissioner questions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check us out. It's a pretty good listen. Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I'm J. Mike, and I also have a trading problem. Hey, everybody. Welcome to session 84 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts. I am Harless today, everybody. But if you got to be Harless and you need someone to bring on your show, you bring on the man, the myth, the legend, the beautiful the wonderful the voice himself j mike how you doing j mike how could you be so heartless uh i'm pretty well man i am uh i'm happy i'm happy to uh to finally don the the wonderful waves of the trade addicts podcast and and russ i can remember the very first time that i heard this podcast uh, and actually took note of it was last summer i was at a wedding in Houston, Texas. It was my first time ever in Texas. Uh, and I remember uh, listening to you uh, and Mr. Har talk through several different things. And I was like, okay, w- I don't know where this has been or why I've been missing out, but this is beautiful. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm humbled to be here, thankful to be with you. And this is, this is good stuff. This is a, re- a true treat for me. And a ridiculously over- been too long i couldn't think of the words that are supposed to go there over something <laughs> like it, it's ridiculous we've been doing this this long and you haven't been on yet it's ridiculous we've been doing this long and i haven't kicked off brian and brought you on as my co-host yet none of that uh <laughs> listen you can only be you can only be harless for so long before uh things get a little bit wonky he's got he's oh. got the voice uh that that really makes the engine go with the news and everything else and it just wouldn't oh, yeah. be right if it's not him <laughs> it's true. I, I Har isn't here for too long. Then I end up having Peter Howard back on, and then people tell me my show is unlistenable. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens every time. 
you're like, you know what? I'm tired. And everybody's like, no, keep going. You're like, okay, whatever. And then you just <laughs> become a zombie by the end of it. So yeah, you, we, we, we need you hard. We love you wherever you are. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. He's on some like soul searching thing. He said he's going into the jungle with nothing but a diaper and a dream. So, I mean, I hope he comes uh, back. Is this, like, is this like Dr. Strange uh, type of deal? Like to find yourself or is this something else? I think it's more like naked and afraid, but without the cameras. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> Come back soon, Brian, please. Before this gets weirder, we're going to sort of just push this along. Uh, J. Mike, tell the people, for the weird, strange, very small amount of people that have no idea who you are, tell them how wrong they are for not knowing who you are, and then tell them who you are, what you are, what you do, that's the right words, and where they could find it. There's there there's absolutely no reason that anyone should should definitely know uh, me, but uh, for, for those that do, I appreciate them. So I'm I'm one half of the Open Bar podcast. My better half, Gabe Gearing, uh, aka at FF Man Bun. Uh, he, he's he's the voice of any and all outros, including this one uh, <laughs> for for this podcast, and he's uh he, he's fantastic. But we meet Tuesday nights uh, again. It's the Open Bar podcast on Twitter at the Open Bar Pod. Uh, and we just like to open it up, have a few guests on and just talk shop and uh, fantasy and have fun and do random drafts of odd things. And uh, we have a lot of fun with it. We enjoy ourselves. Russ, you, you've been on several times. And uh, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for those that if this doesn't come out before. This ain't coming out in time. <laughs> uh, but by the time this comes out, you, you'll you'll you will have heard uh, Outhouse's voice on on the on the open bar podcast. But I also uh, get to do the solo podcast, the Dummy Blitz for the Dynasty Dummies and the DFPN at work, uh, the only at work in town, as, as we say. So uh, 15 minutes, quick hits of the things uh, that happen throughout the week uh, from week to week. Uh, now, I'm just I'm just so, so blessed, so thankful, so grateful to be able to do both of those shows. I work with a bunch of dope people and, and we enjoy ourselves a ton. So uh, it's 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 a, a fantastic creative outlet for me. I, I enjoy it. If you do not listen to the open bar, I highly the highest level of recommendation you can give someone that is the level of recommendation i give you to go listen to the open bar a it is just so much fun b if you are like just joining this fantasy community and you either a want to get to know some people in it b want to learn a little bit c like to laugh d got nothing better to do on tuesday nights because let's face it there's no more football you get all of those things. Every week they bring on three-ish people, depending, you know, if people bail or if people have kids that won't fall asleep, which happened to Josh last week, might happen to me tomorrow, just throwing it out there. <laughs> uh, you get to learn about everyone. You get to learn a little bit of football because it's not all about football. Last week was a draft of wintry drinks, which uh, might go make myself a warm winter's kiss for the show tomorrow. Um, I think I told this story the last time I was on the open bar, but I'm going to tell it again. Uh, before I started playing Dynasty, I wanted to jump. I wanted to know what I was doing before I jumped in. So I found a bunch of podcasts. I, I went and typed in Dynasty Fantasy Football, and the open bar was one of the first things that popped up. And I'm like, all right, that sounds like fun. Let me listen to this. I listened for about 20 minutes, got so overwhelmed, I turned it off and stopped listening to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, oh my God, what the hell was that? I didn't know what they were talking about. There were so many people. I couldn't tell who was talking. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, seriously, it was like a week before I'm like, all right, let me try podcasts again. <laughs> and then slowly worked my way back into the open bar and have been listening for like two years straight. <laughs> I did. I, I do. I do not recall that, that we scared you away from fantasy. We we almost didn't get a trade X podcast because of uh, the wow. I uh, that was almost that was I dodged a bullet there. That's bad. It's Sorry. what I needed. It's what I needed. It. Okay. I I did it. I I was about to jump in and I was just like, no, I'm not ready yet. I want to do this the right way. I'm not ready. And then I built my way up to be ready for you, Jay Mike. <laughs> Well, listen. I, I'm. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, I'm. I'm glad you came back. That's that's pretty scary stuff. That would have been. I would have felt awful about that. Uh, <laughs> I hunt you down twenty years later. You ruined fantasy football for me. You know how many connections I missed out because of you, man. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, it could have been bad. And I'm glad. I'm glad you came back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of all of us. Thank you. All right. So again, before this gets even weirder, let's move on. <laughs> Uh, so let's do our little interviewee thing. How long have you been playing fantasy football? Uh, I bumped into fantasy football. I think I believe it was about 2007. Um, got together with a bunch of my teammates in college, uh, and we were able to uh, get in a a, a, re, a redraft league together. Uh, that eventually became a keeper league, which eventually came uh, became the the league that I never win, that I am mm-hmm. the commissioner of, and and easily That's do the most always work the for. way it is. <laughs> Uh, the closest I came, I got to be the uh, I got to the championship game last year and I lost uh, because Philip Lindsay got hurt. I think it was in the third quarter of that game uh, against the Raiders uh, where he messed up his wrist and was out for the season. So I literally lost by like six points uh, as he was continuing to to give me a lot. Uh, I don't want to relive that. That sucks. Uh, yeah. Since 2007, my junior year of college, uh, my home league is my my college teammates, which uh, we have a lot of fun with it each year. We get together once a year and it's fantastic. That's awesome. I I have two home leagues left that are keeper leagues which i wish we got together more than just for the draft but we still get together for the draft and i see on twitter a lot of people don't have never done a live draft before it is worth it to make a trip to go question yeah there's enough people on twitter that you can find enough people around where you live even if you got to drive an hour somewhere You know, call up a bar, let them know you're doing your draft there. They'll love the business because the amount of beers you will drink. <laughs> and you'll just go meet up, do your It's so much fun. All right. So fantasy football since 2007. How long have you been playing Dynasty for? Dynasty. Uh, Dynasty since 2017. So this is my third season. So my first season was the uh, Christian McCaffrey rookie year. Uh, and I ended up uh, <laughs> foreshadow one of my worst trades. Uh, in a John Bosch auction league, which was my first league, uh, wow. I was in the middle. Yeah, exactly. first yeah, league. Oh, but no, we can't jump over. <laughs> Your first league was a John Bosch league. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, I, I'm besides besides the one with my my homeboys at home. Uh, we, uh, yeah, so somehow got connected, obviously with Gabe uh, and Clint Followell. Shout out to those guys. And uh, Clint was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this league." And then you know this guy named John Bosch is going to be helping me with it, so so on and so forth. And it's like. Half of us this is the kamikaze league that we talk about a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like half of the league. This was all their first dynasty leagues. So, uh, yeah, John Bosch auction bankroll. Uh, and, and I ended up trading Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton away after my first year because I wanted to get out of the middle. So I thought, OK, let me get rid of these good players 
or who aren't huge yet and, and let me try to get either toward the bottom so I can build it back up. Uh, yeah, that was that was not good. Not near enough money uh, that I received for for them in that trade upset. I feel you. Um, I did a trade with in that same draft class. Uh, I had a team that I was doing a very big rebuild on. I traded three first round picks for Amari Cooper. Now, mm. now that doesn't sound super awful because Amari's doing really well, but you won't forget that two years ago, Amari was bad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that seemed, but let's stop for a second and think about what three first round picks were back then. Mm. Okay. Those three picks, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin mm. Cook, Joe Mixon for Amari Cooper. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that the will old, keep you up many nights. The only solace I take, I won the championship last year anyway. <laughs> <laughs> then nothing else matters. Then Don't matter anymore. Matters. <laughs> okay, so you alluded to trading them bad people, well, good people away in a bad trade. You got any other trades you want to talk about that maybe make you feel a little better about it? Uh, yes. So prior to, this is kind of the one that I stand on. Uh, <laughs> so prior to the, Le- I mean, right during the Le'Veon Bell holdout, uh, I have Randall Cobb. He's coming back off of injury. He's still in Green Bay. Uh, and, and I think that he's going to have a good year. Many people do as well. Uh, for whatever reason, I thought, you know what? I don't know. I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is going to come back for whatever reason, even though people were thinking, oh, no big deal. And this is the time when holdouts was just kind of whatever. Uh, I ended up trading Randall Cobb for combination of James Conner and Jalen Samuels. Oh, uh, so that makes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Randall Cobb went on to get hurt at, at the end of that season. And James Conner obviously went on to be an RB one. So that was, that was pretty good. Was pretty well, if, good. That, if that guy held on to Cobb until this week, that just happened. He's probably feeling good about it. Cobb <laughs> had that baller game and Conner got hurt. So there you go. Vindication right there. Revenge. <laughs> it yeah, took a year and 10 weeks, but he got it. You got to let these trades play out. You got to let them play out. <laughs> that, this is Dynasty, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So what is a guiding principle you take with you, whether you are offering or evaluating trades? Uh, I call this the the Russ Fisher slash uh, JJ Zacharyson uh, principle. Uh, at the end of the day, I do not and likely will not ever trade same position for same position straight up. So uh, you're not going to see me trading for a lot of digs for Lockett. Uh, you're not mm-hmm. going to see me trade a lot of uh, mixing for carry on. None of that. I don't uh, typically in those trades, there's always going to be one loser, mm-hmm. uh, at least if not both people losing. <laughs> and uh, you, you're just basically taking a bet on somebody uh, be, being good. So I don't I don't want to again, I want to try to be able to make it valuable for both the person I'm trading with and myself. And it just makes no sense to me to be able to uh, make those types of trades. So leveling up with a with a pick or whatever, tearing up is is fine. But player for player, same position, no thanks. Um, <clears throat> my other probably guiding principle I'd say uh, is I like to work with those who are willing to work with me. Uh, I'm not forcing trades with people in my leagues, even though if I, I may like the people. Uh, I'm not going to force bad trades. I'm not going to force. Uh, things that don't work for my team. So I don't force trade relationships. I typically, uh, yeah, as you've seen probably in Trade Addict 6, uh, there are a few people that I've made many trades with in Trade Addict 6, and there are a few people that I've made zero trades with because it just, uh, you know, the, the, for whatever reason, it hasn't connected. So uh, I'm, I'm always wanting to work with the people who are willing to work with me. 
Yeah, it, it's funny whether you mean to do it or not. You always find yourself sort of like when you just want to make a trade just to have a little fun and be, or you're like bored of your stagnant team. You click on that team right away. And you're just like, you know, I like, you know, I always have good talks with this dude. We always do good trades. Let me just go to this guy first. You know, that's true. Well, again, like whether you need it or not, that's just sort of the way it works. And because like we always say, trading, it's relationships. It's getting to know people, what they do, how they do. And if you find something that works, you know, you stick with it. That's what you do. Without question. And, and that's that's become uh, one of my favorite things about leagues. Uh, is trying to find those new relationships, but uh, also, like you just said, clicking on a team name, being able to lean on, hey, uh, what do you think of this player? Uh, or what are your intentions with this team? What do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you got going on? Uh, and and being able to just strike conversation that quick. It's uh, it, it's exhilarating, even when you've done it multiple times with the same person. Like It's it's still really good to be able to fire off those See, kind of trades. It's funny. You use those words, and you've actually sent me that exact message. What are your intentions with this team in Trade Addict 6? Yeah. And I, I remember going like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could remember which trade that led to, but I'm just like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay, well, we will get to actual trades later. Oh, man, like we're going to do the news and we don't have hard to do the soundboard. And I mean, the that's news. a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. sad news. <laughs> I mean, it's sad news, to be fair. All of it. No, oh one, of, the, one yeah. of them is not bad. There you go. All right. But let's start at the top. Marlon Mack, while having an awesome game and having probably one of the best runs of the year because it involved multiple spin moves, ends up breaking his hand and will be out for a while. That sucks for my trade addict six team, six team by the way, you know, <laughs> just because J Mike's in that league with me. Um, so he's going to be out for a while. I don't remember seeing a timeline or anything. Are you, do you actually think like Hines is going to be worth any more than he is now? Are you rushing to pick out Jordan Wilkins or what was the other James Williams or does anyone else in that backfield entice you at all? Yeah. Back from the dead, Jonathan Williams, uh, as he was on probably many a dynasty rosters two what was it? Two years ago mm, uh, like when, when we thought he was going to be the heir apparent in Buffalo. And he ended up, uh, I think his wife got pregnant. So he ended up, I think, gaining, gaining some baby weight. weight along with her. And, right. <laughs> and then, like, he got, he, he might have been suspended at one point or something and kind of fell off the face of the earth. And I had no idea uh, that he was even in Indianapolis. I had no, yeah, idea, no idea, but apparently he comes out, uh, balls, balls the night away. And Jordan Wilkins is hurting. He makes a, the most of an opportunity. So you'd like to think that someone like Naheem Hines is going to be able to get more. Uh, snaps, but all of a sudden, Jonathan Williams can can assume that uh, that that pounded style that Indianapolis likes to employ because of that offensive line that's so fantastic, led by Quentin Nelson. So, uh, Jonathan Williams, you talk about people you, you're you're scooping up off the waiver wire with any and everything you've got. He's he's got to be someone that you're looking at for your for the, what these uh, next how many weeks left do we have in the fantasy season? Four four weeks, uh, four or five. Well, weeks it is just the end of week eleven, so. I mean, regular season, you got another, what, two weeks and then three weeks of playoffs? Yeah. Well, yeah. for I mean, most so, normal so, weeks. Yeah. So, so Mac's not going to be, you, you wouldn't think Mac will be back before with a broken hand. I mean, that's I mean, unless he gets the club. They're important. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see you running back out there with the club. Like, it's, that's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not optimal, but, you know, my no. fantasy team might need it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, you might be right. 
But real quick, we need to talk about grounding and pounding in Indianapolis. How dare the referees take away a Quentin Nelson touchdown, especially after the man does a keg stand touchdown celebration? Disrespectful. If it, Flat if out disrespectful. We didn't already know that Quentin Nelson wasn't the most one of the most awesome people in this league. Confirmed after that. <laughs> And the fact that he showed the grace and poise not to just start cursing every ref out after that, he's a great human being. <laughs> uh, a, a true American hero, I think we, we might even call him at this point. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's, let's throw this on brand a little bit. If I am the Marlon Mack owner, which I am, oh, right. am I scrambling to go trade for one of these backup guys? It's like, Do you think it's... Do you think there's going to be enough of one person getting enough work for it to be worth it to me to go spend? I mean, let's say I have my third. Would you send a third for Hines or uh, Williams and actually plug them into your roster? Yes. Uh, may- maybe not for <sighs> – see, see, this is the thing. So obviously we didn't even know Williams was on the on the roster. So that, that that's yeah, problematic that's... in itself. Not to mention, I don't, I don't know what has Jordan Wilkins out out right now. Um, so then the question becomes, does that backfield become a muddled mess when Wilkins is back healthy? Because all of a sudden it's a it's a all of a sudden a three person committee versus Marlon Mack being the star of of show with Naheem Hines not even really being a supporting actor, if you will. He's kind of more of like a extra yeah. <laughs> in, in this in this screening. <laughs> so um, while I do. I, I really want the running back in Indianapolis. The problem is I don't I'm not comfortable with uh, the, the the price of a third round pick, especially uh, if if this draft is what everyone says that it is. Uh, I, I don't know that I want to spend that, especially in a spot where everyone thinking they're going to draft a running back anyway. Um, I right. was just pulling up Hines stats because to me. If they if they're not going to be running the ball as well as they were with, I guess it's a small sample size because he uh, Mac left the game kind of late ish. I was hoping that maybe Hines got a ton of targets after that, but he still only ended the game with four. I mean, he still caught three for twenty four and three rushes for eleven yards and a touchdown. So he put up fantasy points. He didn't necessarily get that much work. So yeah, I think I'm just sort of avoid at this point and. If all of a sudden Williams or Hines comes out and crushes it next week, I'll send two thirds to try and grab one of them. I don't think I'm preemptively going and buying any of these guys. So, so, so with Jonathan Williams, I bet he's probably on many a waiver wire. Uh, True. Is he the type of guy that you empty the clip on, uh, or or is it like you just said, let somebody else pick him up, uh, see what happens with this week, and then make a move from there? I th- I think I'm with that second one. I but I am terrible when it comes to the waiver wire. You know, I missed out on C.J. Anderson, uh, Damian Williams. Like I, to me, it's just like eh, Damian Williams is terrible. Why am I going to go spend money on him? And then you know he wins people leagues. C.J. Anderson, like they just called him off the street. Why am I going to spend money on him? So, I mean, I s- I spent a decent amount on Brian Hill and. I mean, it would have worked out a little better if he didn't get that touchdown called back. But still, that is a muddled mess in Atlanta. Um, but it's worth a sh- like Every week, I think we're going to go and there's going to be another running back injury. And there's going to be another guy you're going to want to empty your clip at. They have an amazing offensive line. Brissett moves the ball well enough. Yeah, I mean, I think Williams could be a good shot. 
to just be the guy there. He may not be what Damian Williams was at the end of last year, but solid RB2s have a place on championship rosters. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like you just said, at this this time of year, uh, someone is going to rise from nowhere and be productive for your teams. Uh, so it, so if you haven't already spent all your money, which hopefully you've, you've saved, your teams have saved at least a little bit to be able to try to scoop up one of these last guys to give you a nice little push at the end. Hopefully, uh, Jonathan Williams is that type of guy. And I think that he's worth a speculative ad because what happens if he gets double-digit carries every week behind that offensive line and an offense that's functional and a coaching staff that is will will lean on the run because they know that that's the bread and butter of the team. So uh, he, he, I think he's I think he's probably worth it. Yes, and moving on, I just saw earlier today that Stafford, Matt Stafford might be out for another month to six weeks with this back injury. You shut him down at this point? I shut him down at this point. Just saying. It's over. (laughs) They're not making the playoffs. There's only six weeks left in the season. I mean, why bring him back after four? Like This, I think, is the same issue that Carson Wentz had last year i think it was the end of last year they they shut him down i mean seems like the right thing to do like it's a broken bone in his back like why would you go out okay i am definitely missing part of my brain that professional athletes are i do not have that competitive nature like no no i i need my back for many things in life and so I'm not going to go out there with the risk of breaking that back and never moving my limbs again. It just yeah, I mean, seems you, like the smart move. Yeah, you, you need your back for things like sneezing. Uh, that's important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you need a strong back for sneezing when you get a little low. I pulled, <laughs> pulled a few muscles the other day just sneezing. The, the well, uh, and, and this is kind of the same thought that I have with Darius Geisen. Now, follow me here. You've got a couple of teams that are likely not going anywhere soon. What is truly the point in running either of those guys back out there this season to, to possibly do more harm? Forget their fantasy value for a second, but just their, their added value to your actual football team. It it just doesn't make sense. If you're not going to be making the playoffs, Matt Stafford doesn't have to prove anything to you. You like to think maybe you want to see something from guys, but at the same time with all the issues that he's had, is it really, a good thing to have him out in these waning games, uh, not really leading to anything. So I'm not sure that it's a, it's a good look for either team to bring either of those guys back truly. Yeah. But you're also not expecting rational decisions from the Washington front office, like bringing him back week one and giving him 20 something carries so he can get hurt. I was screaming at the TV at that. Like, why else do you sign Adrian Peterson unless it's to ease guys back into the season? But like I said, you can't expect rational decisions from the Washington front office. (laughs) You cannot. So back to Stafford and being out super flex leagues. I mean, I think Driscoll showed he's worth something. You know, if I'm on a championship, like clearly he has no real long-term value. But like, I feel like if I'm a competing team, I might send a mid second to the Driscoll owner who picked him off waiver wire. So you have a feeling they'd be willing to accept something around that. How does that idea of either sending or accepting a mid second for Jeff Jeff Driscoll sound to you? 
Mid-second. Ooh. <laughs> I guess if you're if, if you're if you're that desperate for quarterback play um, and, and you're competing, then yeah, go for it. But man, I, I don't mm, mid-second, bro. That's that's spicy. Uh, <laughs> we were talking before we started. Actually, no, it was while. Don't remember if it was before or after we're while we were recording. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> you know, we were talking about trades we made, and I, you know, talked about how much I traded away to get Amari Cooper. And then we're just like, well, you know, I won last year. And it's just like, right. yeah, worth it. I mean, a mid second for a dude that has the ability to put up 30 something points in a super flex league. I mean, that seems worth it to me because the dude has legs. Yeah, it- and he's one of those yep. he's a winner he's a he's a football player <laughs> kind of guys and he's got you know he's got megatron he's got hawk he's got marvin jones to throw the ball to so he has good targets already in there uh, yeah I, I mean especially with the injury apocalypse that's going on this year i think i'd feel pretty comfortable doing that someone somewhere is roasting you right now for calling kenny galladay megatron um you're going to have to answer for that on, on the Twitter sphere. You did that. You know, they probably would have let it slip if you didn't bring it back up. Nope, nope, nope. They would. Baby Tron did not come out of my mouth like it was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. With- <laughs> You're done. Well, you know, uh- <laughs> Har might not be here in body, but he is clearly here in spirit because I feel like the real J Mike would have let that slip. <laughs> I got you, Hardy Har. <laughs> it's hardy hard hard coming out of me that's that's, that's my man's right there the well, well here's the other thing with driscoll too we, we got a huge dose of him last year behind a really crappy offensive line in cincinnati right let's say anything he, in cincinnati really count <laughs> yeah and and so i think that, that that you're probably right in that he he likely is a competent player the the, the only problem or scary thing that i have with that is uh, over the last couple of weeks he's 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 not maximized Kenny Galladay, yeah. uh, the main the main One show in. Right, right. So so that's the only thing that probably scares you some. But but uh, Driscoll himself, uh, like you said, with his legs, uh, with the ability to be able to do a little something, something with the weapons that they have in Detroit, he likely might be specifically in Superflex. He, he, he's probably like worth uh, that mid, mid uh, second uh, for you to be able to make your run here because he's going to be able to give you some baseline numbers. And, and if he's going to specifically give you 50 or 40 some odd rushing yards uh, on a week to week basis. You'll, you'll take that all day long. All right. So you felt squeamish when I said mid second, let's say you grabbed him off the waiver wire (laughs) and you know, you're not a very good team, but you still, you scoop up quarterbacks when, you know, they're available. If someone came to you with what looks like it's going to be the two twelve, are you taking that? Like you see that too. You're just like, sure. Um, I don't. I don't know that I'm in any kind of rush uh, at this point, unless you have like a trade deadline coming up, which again, we'll talk about that brand here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's on the, but, the the show sheet. Yeah, I, I don't think that I'm in any kind of a rush to move Jeff Driscoll if I have him. Like, do I want the extra second, late second? Sure, that's fine. But at the same token, what happens if he starts cooking and he's giving you 25 points a week all of a sudden? Uh, someone's going to come knocking for the help at quarterback because somebody else is going to end up going down or be underperforming or Kyle Allen gives you another four pick performance. Uh, Jameis Winston does hit, but he does something's going to happen that might increase the stock of draft. So I'm okay holding on to him for now, but I really couldn't fault anybody for saying, Hey, give me the second sweet. I, I just cashed out major uh, for him. 
See, what I just heard was, nah, I'm J-Mike, and I have patience. Ah, that's what I heard. <laughs> the, the gift and the curse of Dynasty is sometimes you wait too long, and those people flame out, and it's over. So it's, it's yeah, struggle. All right, so we are going to skip over the next sad news to go to a little bit of happy news. Uh, I read before we just started recording that Brandon Cooks might come back for Monday Night Football next week, and that makes me super happy because I'm a Brandon Cooks fan. Um, I have Brandon Cooks in the Dynasty Trades HQ Listener League. This league is a 16-team Superflex League. Insane league. I am heavily competing. I've had Brandon Cooks sitting on my bench doing nothing, and it's 16 teams where you have to start 11 players. So you're going to start some players you don't feel good about playing. And then I have Brandon Cook sitting on my bench. So I've been trying for weeks to sell this guy for anything I can plug into my starting lineup. No one even considered any of my offers. They're just like, no, I'm not taking that guy on. Not taking that guy on. What are your feelings about Brandon Cooks as a dynasty asset? Because, you know, as a human being, you want him to be alive and well for a very long time and never to get another concussion but trying to treat him as a dynasty piece him coming back do you think he's worth buying or are you going to use this to unload when he doesn't die after the first game yeah and this is this is specifically my issue with brandon cooks last season shout out to bobby koch a friend of obviously this show and, and and ours as well bobby koch uh, he, he and I got not necessarily into a back and forth, but we talked through the value of Brandon Cooks. And I've, I've been very, very hesitant uh, to, to get on the Brandon Cooks bandwagon because there's something to be said. If if several teams don't want to keep you and are willing to let you go, even if you're producing, I'm, I'm nervous about that. However, last season I was coerced against my will, some might say. Uh, to, to, to speaking well of Brandon Cooks, uh, and he was fantastic. Now, now that I'm finally on the bandwagon, uh, he's getting his head knocked off every other week, which sucks. Real bad. Uh, yeah, and, and it, it's it's been awful to be able to see. But it's like, man, like you're breaking my heart, dude. This is not this is not what I signed up for. Uh, <laughs> all that to say, all all that to say, uh, he's certainly a difference maker, and this offense. Uh, obviously, outside of an offensive line, they need all the help that they can get. And he's a true difference maker in the offense because he offers something that nobody else in the offense does. And, and this is something that I've thought a ton about of late is what do people offer to their offenses that nobody else can? Uh, and it's obviously the ability to get behind everyone. Nobody else on the team does that. Not even Josh Reynolds in, on his best day. Uh, nobody does what Brandon Cooks does the way that he does. And so they need him to be as dynamic as they hope to be. Uh, as we continue to watch them be subpar um, th- this season. So if he's in there, I'm probably plugging him in immediately, especially in your case. 16-team uh, Superflex start – what did you say, start 10, start 11? 11. Shoo-wee, yeah. Uh, he's he, he's got to go in immediately. And, and he will. For <laughs> Don't you. worry. Yeah. <laughs> Troy, Troy Main uh, was it? Troy Main Pope. Go back to the bench. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I, I, I'm – I'm not so much dubious because he's still young enough to be able to to hold and retain some value. And and the statistics say, hey, he's heading into uh, the apex time for wide receivers in terms of their uh, production. He's, he just turned 26 back in September. Uh, he's someone who who's probably still got a few good years left in him. And I think that I think that he's worth having on your roster, certainly and, and going out and even acquiring. 
All right, so that's where I was going to go. Let's pretend you're trying to acquire. Would you be willing to send what you think would be the 112 for Brandon Cooks? Are you sending any first? No, no. <laughs> I should. Very quickly, should. though. And I'm so, man, I just think about what could be at the end of that first round. I know. Uh, this year, yeah. like, ruins that question because yes. in our heads, it's just like every pick is Saquon Barkley. Or I should say every pick is Christian McCaffrey because he's apparently the new... 101 uh you know spoiler alert for i, I did a uh a family feud game for D- dynasty game night <laughs> and i asked who is the 101 in super flex leagues i got five different answers none of them none of them were saquon barkley wow asked 29 people uh, yeah so uh, spoiler alert <laughs> sorry if you're gonna listen because Oh man, so I had Shane Manila, Kane Fossil, and Jesse Reeves on. That show is going to take days to edit. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, life comes at you fast. Uh, but but let me ask you, are you giving up are you giving up a, a first for, for Brandon Cooks? Even if it is one twelve? Can't do it. It's I'm it's one of those things where which which do you feel better about? Missing out on Brandon Cooks being the Brandon Cooks you know he is anyway, or you spending that first round pick and just getting nothing out of it. Mm. Like if you're a competing team that you think you're going to end up with the 112, I feel like you don't need that risk. Now, if I'm you're in your position in Trade Attic 6, where you have a freaking baller team yet somehow find your way with i think you still have two first round picks right you know maybe then i send one for it but if i only have one i only have mine i think i hold back Hmm, i i think you're i think you're probably right uh specifically with the fact that the Rams have not shown any of their magic from the prior season and maybe a lot of that is the offensive line um but but wouldn't you think that now's probably the time if you're if you're going to buy in on Brandon Cooks, he's not he's not going to be. I don't think from a from a value perspective, nobody is going to be selling him for a second, right? Do uh, you think you think somebody would be? I think there's enough people that will want to just get out of him. Okay, like you're gonna have to find the right owner for that situation. Like you're gonna have a lot of people. Like I've been. It's funny, like I, I, like you said, you can't really call it going back and forth or arguing or anything like that. I've been having conversations, we'll say, with many people on Twitter about Brandon Cooks lately, and you know him maybe coming back and what his value is. And I, I say the same story about trying to sell him for anything startable in that league and can't do it. And they're like, "Oh, you shouldn't accept anything less than a mid first. I'm like, "What world are you living in?" Like, <laughs> the Brandon Cooks can come back in week eleven, go to three straight games of scoring 20 points and you probably still won't be able to get a mid first for him. That's probably like fair. that stigma is there and it's going to be there for a while. How long did we call Keenan Allen injury prone for? Long like, time. and you know, can, and th- those were weird random things. Like these are just concussions for him. Like that is an, and it's, that's an issue, you know, people like, you know, we joke about needing our backs, but you need your brain. <laughs> Like it, it, that needs to be functioning for you to live. So, like, uh, I don't know. It's 
would I pay a second for him right now? Probably. If I had a second, I wanted to compete. I had a good team and like wide receiver four was my weak spot. So I can deal with if he just disappears or if he comes back and isn't what he was for some reason, which his legs are the same. So there's no reason he can't still run four threes. So yeah, again, it's all about the matter of risk. And I don't think I'm willing to whisk. Wow. Willing to risk <laughs> anything with that number one in front of it. That's right. probably fair. That's probably fair. Yeah. And my speaking is already just going out of here. So we're going to keep going. Now, this one isn't necessarily NFL news, but since we're talking so much about 2020 picks, this is big news. Tua Tagovailoa, I think I said that right, dislocates his hip. And I believe he had the fracture on his femur as well. Uh, but there was no arterial, I think, artery damage, which is what like uh, ended Bo Jackson's career. So this is a big deal, terrifying deal. Uh, you know, part of the least Superflex 2020 class was how deep and big it was at quarterback. And uh, another spoiler alert: part of that family feud game was who was going to be your rookie 2020 101 in Superflex. <laughs> Two got a lot of votes, yeah. and like that is a very big shakeup right now. Um, so the, it's way too soon. He had surgery yesterday, I think. Like the next day, he went out and he got his surgery done. Uh, so we have no idea if he's going to go back to school for a year to just work himself out. If he's going to declare, take what he can get, knowing the Patriots they'll draft him at thirty-two and have another you know, Hall of Fame quarterback for the next 20 something years, because <laughs> that's just the way the NFL works. Uh, no, does this no. injury shake up the 2020 class draft pick value for you? Or is this just something you just sort of see as, you know, that's one of the things that happens. Someone's going to come out of nowhere. Someone's going to, you know, stay in school for a year. Someone's going to get hurt. Like, does this shake things up or is this just par for course? It, I, I think it only shakes up the top. Uh, it only shakes up the top of drafts because uh, you, you, like you just said, everybody and their mom was picking Tua to be one hundred and one. Uh, so if, if so, if so, if that's the case, uh, obviously you're bumping up probably Burrow, uh, the couple running backs near the top, things of that nature. Uh, and Tua is still probably going to go in the first round, even if he's not healthy and probably won't play year one. Yeah, pick thirty-two. Yeah, so they're jerks. Yeah, exactly. So he's still going to go in the first round. It's just, okay, all of a sudden, instead of going to the Bengals or Dolphins, maybe he's, you know, and it depends on how, how good he looks and how well he's he's healing and what that buzz is like coming out of uh, the spring or coming into the spring when draft time comes. But if he does get to falling at all, all of a sudden he's going to end up fooling around and getting to a decent team. And uh, his his draft stock by the time draft season comes around is still going to be pretty good. So uh, it doesn't. It doesn't do a ton for for me. Just maybe at the very tip top when you're thinking he was at least easily the 101. Okay, now he might be uh, slide down a few spots and Burrow maybe the 101 if you're if you're in a super flex league. But uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't change a ton for me with with Tua. Especially they're saying the the prognosis and the outlook. Uh, everything's excellent right now in terms of the surgery that was just done. Things of that nature. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna worry about that at all. Well, it's good. I didn't know that. Uh, I know he had the surgery, I, and I know he came out of surgery well and he was tweeting about uh afterwards about being in recovery and doing well but it's great i didn't know that they uh when they were in there they said that the prognosis was actually good for recovery that's 
awesome because you just you know after i read that happened I, you know right away had uh, tweeted out hashtag cancel college football you know because <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like you have these kids that it's just millions of dollars and years of nfl playing football like dreams literal literal dreams and then just a few months weeks i mean before the college season's over you know something stupid like this happens especially with like what two minutes left in the game (sighs) yeah yeah it's it's pretty sickening and and specifically for a guy as good as two has been and uh, as 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 hopeful of, as most of us are uh, of him coming out this season, uh, hopefully this incentivizes him to to go ahead and come out and not go back to Alabama for another year. Uh, yeah, plus but, we just don't yeah, want Alabama to keep winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's yeah. that. Uh, but he, great player, great guy, uh, and I, golly, that, that's such a bummer. But hopefully, yeah, he bounces back soon. Yeah, so we're going to call this ending on a positive note because we're talking about the prognosis being good and all the, you know, hoping he does well. So we're going to end on a positive note and we're going to move on to the main event. We'll call it, I guess. This is just, you know, hey, J. Mike, what do you want to talk about today? So he gave me a bunch of stuff and that's what we're going to talk about now. <laughs> um, his first topic was close of season strategies. Now, did you have something in mind specifically, or are you just saying, "Hey, Russ, what are you doing right now in your leagues?" Yeah, I want to. I want to pick your brain because I, I know that for many people, it might just be something as simple as, "Hey, if I'm contending, I try to maybe tweak my roster and pick up a couple players." Or if I'm not contending, who can I sell off? Can I find my old players and do those things? Like uh, a, a lot of us get that, and I think that that's um, that that's kind of goes not necessarily without saying. Uh, but I feel like that's very surface level. But then the question becomes, what does it really look like to close the season well if you're in the middle? Or what does it look like to close the season well uh, if you're if, even if you are a, a championship level team? Uh, how do you continue? It? Because it's dynasty. Yes, you want to win this year. But there's so much more to it than just this year. Like you can still uh, set your team up to be really good for years to come even with these last few moves without uh, sacrificing each and every piece that you have. So I was just curious because I feel like this is a part of a much bigger discussion and I get in these thought bubbles in my head where I I get in my head and I toss about a whole bunch of stuff, but specifically, uh, yeah, let's start with that Russ specifically for any team that you're contending on. uh, What does it look like for you to try to close the season? Well, not so much trying to find the one or two pieces uh, that might help your team out. But what does it look like for you uh, to continue to build a team that doesn't sacrifice everything for this year, but but makes it uh, makes it so that your dynasty or that your team is set up even for, for in the future? What's that look like for you? All right. So there's a couple of examples for this. And it's real quick. Uh, again, an argument, not an argument. A conversation I get into on Twitter where I say always be trading. And someone's like, well, you have an undefeated team. Are you really going to go keep trading? What did the Patriots do with the trade deadline? Oh, that's right. They traded for somebody. <laughs> they were under, you know, they're undefeated. Well, we're undefeated. And what did they do? They traded for a wide receiver. You know, so yes, if you are undefeated, you st- if you're not making your team better, other teams are. So yes, always be trading. Hashtag brands. <laughs> uh, so 
listed on the show sheet under the Trade Addicts Trades section are the first three trades for Trade Addicts 3. These three trades are all mine. They are all on a team that is stuck in the middle. And I don't have any real significant uh, draft pick assets. So I'm like, you know what? I don't have any firsts, no less my first. So what's the point of losing if you don't have your first? So let me go make a push. So in this specific instance, I, 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 I have a good core set of players. And I'm about to say something that's going to make me so angry. You know, this week I was stuck. Stu- I was stuck starting players like Jakeem Grant, who returned a touchdown and ran for a touchdown. And I would have won had I started Jakeem Grant, but that's not the norm. <laughs> so let's just ignore that part. So here are three trades I made on this team. Uh, in the Trade Addicts leagues, all right. Let's just jump into this twelve-team Superflex PPR tight end premium. 0.05 points for return yardage, which Jakeem Grant would have been worth about 30 points. But again, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Um, my first move, which this one actually hurt. This one made me sad. Um, I reached out to James James the Brain Catullus and I was like, I need Julian Edelman. Tell me what it's going to take. And I should have just sent him this trade offer because I knew this is what he was going to ask. I am huge in Preston Williams. I have him on a lot of teams. I grabbed him at the end or after every draft where I could. And I knew that's exactly what he was going to go for. So I traded Preston Williams and a 2025th for Julian Edelman. Because Julian Edelman, well, the Patriots passing game is never really great in December. You can count on about 10 to 12 targets for Julian Edelman. So he will be safe. And that is good enough for someone you're paying that little for. <laughs> and that's what you need on your teams that are sort of stuck, but are especially when they're top heavy. Because I have like Julio Jones. I have Tyler Lockett, who thankfully should be coming back after the bye week. Deshaun Watson, who proved not to do so great every week this week, which is part of the reason I lost, which is going to be, I have a story. We're going to tie that together. So Julian Elman is a wonderful piece to throw in on a team like this. My next move, I sent a 2021 third for Jason Witten because Evan Ingram was hurt. He's on his bye week. Um, I forgot who my backup was, but he was also out. So I'm like, oh, I don't have a tight end to start. So I went and I found, I, first thing I did was I went to all the bad teams. And I'm like, please have an old guy. Please have an old guy. Please have an old guy. <laughs> and someone had Jason Witten. I didn't have it. 2023rd because of the next deal i'll tell you about in a second so i'm like 2021 third please say yes please say yes and yeah they said yes um which also goes with the uh trade addicts motto hey worth a shot and technically this is the first trade i made because my only running back is derrick henry who is on a bye week this week that's a lie derrick henry and rashad penny though rashad penny who was on a (laughs) bye week this week last week would have gotten you negative points so even if he wasn't on a bye week i was not starting him I traded a 2023rd for Raheem Mostert, which I did after finding out Breda was out. So the real moral of this little story is think a little redrafty. You know, this none of this, none of what I traded away is going to kill me for the future. Um, thirds this year, thirds next year. Preston Williams makes me sad, but still. I mean, that he might as well be a rookie pick because who knows what he really will be and what the Dolphins will be next year. 
So in this specific place, this is exactly what you do. Um, small little moves. If you have to make trades for Julio Jones, you might not want to make trades for Julio Jones to make that push. But let's talk about your team in Trade Attic 6. <laughs> now, J. Mike, like we said before, walked his way into what was, until I think last week, the first place team while having four first round picks. Yeah. My, what I like to do is exactly what you did. I don't really feel the need to go into a draft with four first round picks. Your team is scoring points. You're winning games. Why not go nuts? Why not trade half, keep half? But I mean, trade addicts leagues, probably you're going to end up trading one of those right at the draft or before the draft, and you'll make one pick with the pick. So you traded, you traded Preston Williams. You traded Preston Williams and two 2021sts for Zeke, pretty much. Now, you have a baller team. You just happen to have these extra assets. Don't hold on to those. I think what you did was beautiful. It was perfect because your team is great. Why not make it greater? So you did the self-evaluation. You realize you have a playoff team. You earned your way. And I mean, nothing's locked yet, but you, you're making the playoffs. I mean, I hope you feel good about that. Um, so you take these teams and you said, Look, you probably, I don't remember who you got it from, but probably the same thing. I think it was Jesse, right? You know, a team that's middling, a team that's lower. You find someone you're like, this year's not your year, man. Even if they don't know that yet, you let them know. This year's <laughs> not your year. This 2020 draft class, there's some special people in there. You know who's, you know, he's special, but he's not doing that great this year, Zeke Elliott. Why don't you just let me take that burden off of you? I mean... <laughs> He might be flashing someone else's boobies. He might do something, knock it over some security guards. You don't want to deal with that stress. Right. Let me put that on my shoulders. <laughs> allow me, allow me. <laughs> I, I've I've got your back here. The yeah, and this and this kind of plays into a lot of where this thinking that that I've been doing regarding uh, end of or close of season strategy uh, with is taking a guy because I'm really high on Preston Williams. I didn't start the year that way, but to watch him be a guy who can obviously returning kicks, so that's a plus in in Trade Axe League specifically, yep. but also be a guy who on a really bad Dolphins team with Ryan Fitzpatrick who's been known to to get offenses to go to push the ball down the field. He showed up and showed out many inst many instances this season. So what happens if? And again, let's let's dream for a second. What happens if Miami is actually functional because the coaching staff um, he actually has a plan that they want to put in place? What happens if a guy like Tua is the quarterback moving forward? Tua to Preston Williams sounds really good, but just like you were saying, my team uh, it's it's a pretty good team. I've got a lot of good names. Not necessarily everyone's producing at the same time. But how do you leverage the people who are hurt uh, for your benefit? And so I, as much as I love Preston Williams, I can find a good home for him on a rebuilding team or a retooling mm -hmm. team and and make him a part of a package that makes sense for my team. Uh, so wide receiver is, is a group that I am very strong at. And so I need to figure out how I can how I can leverage. Uh, some positive, uh, some positive production from other places. Uh, so I was able to get 
uh, Zeke Elliott was able to take one of those first that you were talking about previously a couple weeks ago, got left bell, which what I thought was going to be an awesome stretch of games for him. And he's been productive, he's been um, good enough. but, yeah. but yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so then the question becomes, what does it look like uh, for the rest of season? How do you continue to retool? And I think you did something awesome, which I hadn't even thought about was how do I leverage the 2021 picks? Maybe uh, like you said, for, like just, just for someone to get me through, because you know what I can't keep taking week after week? O.J. Howard goose eggs. I can't keep them. We, we can't do this. You know who was on my bench this week? Cam Brate and Ryan Griffin, both of which scored 20-some-odd points in trade addicts league. So I am sick to, 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 no, to no end. And, because, and this is the other part of the strategy stuff that I've been thinking about. To, for whatever reason, to close my season back-to-back weeks, uh, I, I, I was facing – Team with the best record, team with the second best record in the league. When you're in these leagues that have first round buys, all of a sudden these games at the end matter a lot. And so you want to try to be able to garner any and all tiebreakers that you can. And so these are the weeks where, and and this is why I kind of waited for this Zeke trade, because I wanted to leverage it in a week where I was going against the first place person. Uh, Mm -hmm. Shout out to Bill Latin, uh, the the Austin Hooper trooper uh, himself. Uh, I know that trademark, we have to say his name when we talk about who, yep. so I, I had to get that in. <laughs> but 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 when when you're going into these matchups, you want to try to be able to give your team any kind of boost that it needs or that you can get to be able to leverage these tiebreaker situations. Uh, and it didn't work out for me this week, but uh, I think that that's a more nuanced way to try to leverage an edge uh, in any matchups that you can, specifically wait for these weeks where you're facing first place team, where you're facing team that you're tied within the standings, uh, get that supercharged for the week so you can gain any kind of tiebreaker that you can. Uh, and I think that if you can hold your assets for a time such as that, uh, you can you can really get a boost when you need it without emptying the the clip of your assets. And I don't know if you did this on purpose with your trade, but I was going to bring up, like you're saying, you're bringing up the concern of just losing all of your draft picks. Throw a swap in at the end of your trades, uh, all your trades. Um, I sort of left them off when I was reading them because compared to the rest of the assets, they're pretty small. But the full Zeke trade was Preston Williams, two firsts and a third for Zeke and a fourth. No harm in asking for a little bit coming back. Yes. We have five rounds in the Trade Addicts drafts. You could have gotten... Preston Williams in the fifth, like he was picked up on waiver wires. Terry McLaurin found his way into the yep. fourths. And Talk about we, it. Do, we do our so crazy early just because, you know, we have problems. <laughs> so, I mean, we are addicts. It's in the name. Yeah. Draft picks are draft picks. Like, you know, once you hit the third round, it's all dart throws anyway. Um, especially because, you know, drafting tight ends is always iffy in the first place. You never know which rookie tight end is going to blow up. Dawson Knox wasn't drafted till the third or fourth. Like you can always get pieces in these later rounds. And especially if you have taxi squads, there's absolutely no cost whatsoever because it's not even your active roster. So that's another smart move where if you are just, you're too concerned about going all in and losing all your assets, throw in a little more to get a little something back just so you don't feel empty about it. Um, and also here, here. on the the other side of that, um, you brought up Ryan Griffin. Sorry to sort of rub this one in a little bit. In Trade Addict Seven, 
uh, there was a trade, a 2023rd for Ryan Griffin and a 2025th. The exact same thing. You know, Griffin for a third is more than enough fair. But yeah, if I'm sending that third out, why not ask for a little something back? Don't let that hold up the trade. If they're like, nah, I don't want anything else. Just say, okay, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. worth a shot. Had to try. But, you know, always try to get that little fifth. Because if anything, you could do something like this trade, a fifth and something for a fourth. Keep moving yourself up if that's what you feel you need to do. Because just because you trade for something now doesn't mean that is where you're stuck with it. You know, you, especially in our trade addicts leagues with, which again, it's in the name, you're going to keep trading. You're not going to be stuck with anything that you receive. So keep it moving. Always get whatever you can back. But again, don't, don't let that hold stuff up. Just, you know, be willing to move on from it. Um, now, I wanted to talk about trade deadlines, and it was a little bit about with my run of Trade Addicts 3 trades also. One of the big concerns about having no trade deadline is what happens when someone sells out and for that championship game, isn't it unfair that they're buying the championship? I listed you those three trades. I just acquired Julian Edelman, Jason Witten, and Raheem Mostert, all of mm-hmm. which had good matchups all of which I got at a very good price. I didn't even sell out pretty much anything short of apparently our very big love of Preston Williams. I lost this week mm. to jo- to Trader Joe, who I don't think he's trying to win. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. That championship game that you just sold out for, Deshaun Watson might score four points, and then you're just sort of screwed. You know, so... It works in a lot of different ways. The The real answer is if you don't have crappy people in your league, crappy things won't happen. And I know that's tough. And I have gotten so ridiculously lucky with the people in the trade addicts leagues that no one has done something like sell out their entire, sell every single draft pick and all of their youth, lose the championship and then just quit. Everyone has one of those stories. Weirdly enough, I don't. And I only have leagues with people i don't know (laughs) so like again i i realize how lucky i have gotten but still like that's you aim to have leagues with good people that's the point is it's dynasty you want people to come back you want to make the league in a way that will keep people interested and keep people going now don't get me wrong if you want a trade deadline in your league have a trade deadline in your league do what makes you happy that's the point of this it's a game it's fun if you hate people trading in the playoffs, don't let people trade in the playoffs. I am not. I I am very anti league shaming. Do whatever makes you happy. Get rid of kickers and defenses. Just no, they, <laughs> they don't belong. <laughs> but do whatever makes you happy. Otherwise, it's fine. Like like I just like that's a point I really wanted to make. This one specific week where I didn't necessarily sell out for this week, but I am making this push where I am a middling team that's maybe you know, a win or two away from getting in the playoffs, scoring a few extra points than I normally would have. And it super did not work out. I scored about 106 points this week and clearly lost. So I did not get a win and I did not make up um, trade addicts leagues. The sixth seed is most points of a team that's not in the playoffs. I think I was about 40 to 60 points off. I can't remember. I'm in way too many leagues. This did not help me. (laughs) I am now further away even though I made moves to push me forward. So like, I mean, I know that's 
half of the argument because the other half is people are going to sell out and then just rage quit. Again, I didn't sell out enough, and plus it's my league, so it would be really weird if I rage quit. <laughs> just this one trade addicts league, I'm quitting, and I'm staying and <laughs> running the rest of them. That'd be such a yeah, that'd be a jerk move. <laughs> so, so bad. Uh, seriously, where's Russ, guys? The with with what you said, and I think that that's something that's important to remember. And I think you put that really well. Uh, obviously, the moves that you make to be able to uh, help you along, they don't always work out. And if they don't work out, uh, it's okay. Uh, you you took a calculated risk. It didn't work. And the good news is you still have time to move forward and figure out what's next. Uh, so I, I think that's probably should be uh, should be a guiding principle of everyone is don't stay stuck in one trade, whether it worked out for you wonderfully or whether it worked out for you really crappy. Let's sidestep the BS, keep it moving and figure out what's next, because there's no fantasy championships won by looking in the rear view. Uh, it's only it's only by looking ahead. So that's a, I think that's a great point that you that you brought up there. Yep. The only way to fix a bad trade is to make another one and hope that it works out better yeah. because yeah. you can't go back. <laughs> that's 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 the John Bosch rule there. He 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 says it doesn't matter if you make bad trades. Keep trading. Just yep, keep absolutely. trading. Like doesn't matter. Keep trading. Oh, it, it's uh, I've been listening to uh, Dynasty Wall Street more and more. He's he's John yeah. Bosch started doing the panic uh, panic room. I think Love it's called. It. It's so good. And it's just like, yeah. Dude, why why am I doing a trade show? John Bosch should be doing a trade show. <laughs> that dude is may literally be a machine. I'm not sure. <laughs> it, man, that dude's good. But okay, so it's funny. You brought up the Russ Fisher slash JJ Zacharyson rule of no same position trades. I am going to let you down for a second. I did a oh, same. Oh no. No. Uh, in one of my leagues. But here, there's a reason for this trade. I was. This is the one stipulation. I traded in a league, Trade Addicts 4. Um, who was my... I don't remember who my tight end... Oh, Johnny Smith was my tight end. Also on a bye. This bye week sucked, by the way. Just pointing it out. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly Pretty for bad. me, it did not go well. I did not plan. Um, I traded Foster Moreau for Kyle Rudolph. So this normally I get is something I probably really wouldn't do in the first place. But this was A, based out of necessity and B, based on age and length of relevance. I think we all know that in the not too distant future, Irv Smith Jr. is going to be the tight end in Minnesota. That's where the Vikings play. Mm -hmm. um, right. I forgot. I think it was like two or three weeks ago. There were there was an interview with Kirk Cousins, and they're just like, "All right, so you have Diggs, you have Thielen. What's next?" And he's like, "Man, I just throw the ball. I know where Smith's going to catch it. I I throw it. I know he'll be there because that's where he's supposed to be. He's my go to guy after the wide receivers." And and I'm and, I'm, and in my head, I'm just like, "Yo, Kyle's still there, man." <laughs> <laughs> he, and you know he's been doing pretty well, you know, for a few weeks, but. I, so is Irv Smith. I really, it's clear Irv Smith is the future. So to me, Foster Moreau was on my taxi squad. I, he wasn't even on my active roster. I needed a tight end because I i am a playoff team in this league. So I went to another, I did the same thing. I went to the teams that are towards the bottom. 
please have an old guy. Please have an old guy. Kyle Rudolph, close enough. You know, because no one's holding on to Kyle Rudolph thinking he is a long-term asset. So I sent out a young guy, got a quote-unquote older guy, and I'm trying to not feel bad about doing a same position trade. So hopefully you don't think less of me after me telling you that. I mean, this is this is the equivalent to finding out that the guy who actually plays Darth Vader uh, didn't do the Darth Vader voice. And it was like James Earl Jones. Like, this is what I'm watching my hero uh, basically tell me that he's been taking uh, HGH his entire life. Um, wow. You know, you say this, but I've met David Prowse and he is a gentleman. <laughs> David Prowse, by the way, okay. is the man who was in the Darth Vader it, outfit. Darth Vader. Fair. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, uh, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll let this one go. The nope, I, I guess that makes sense. The, the, the only question becomes when you're looking at tight end, obviously you do want the consistent work. And obviously Rudolph has gotten plenty of that of late. With the landscape that we're currently looking at, uh, can, can you find anything that's reliable and all of a sudden – all of all of these guys, uh, except for maybe the top few, are all being, uh, what's the word, uh, somewhat supplanted by someone else in the same position room. So mm-hmm. for Foster Moreau, um, I about called him Delaney Walker. Wow, Darren Waller. Same letters. <laughs> uh, I mean, close enough. Yeah, it's, it's pretty close. Uh, obviously, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, we're looking at Irv. We're looking at Dallas Goddard and Ertz. Like all of these guys are somewhat having their legs cut out from under them and to a much lesser or greater degree, depending upon how bitter you are. Cameron Brake and OJ Howard switching off weeks. Um, yep. No, I'm not bitter at all. I'm not upset yep. about that at, at Don't all. Feel it. Um, nope, not one bit. I am good. <laughs> <sighs> but but no, the, the like you just said, uh, even the old guys and Jason Witten at this point, is anybody more steady? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's always what he was. It's it's like Frank Gord. Like, just because he plays 16 games, he's going to end as a you know top 24. You know, it might be like number 24, but still, you'll get those like nine points a game. And at yep. this point in tight ends, you're pretty happy with that. You'll take it. You'll you'll take it because you just don't want the goose egg, uh, OJ yes. Howard. You just don't want the goose. Especially mm. after getting you a touchdown the week before, so you're feeling good about mm. it, and then. Nope. I, I, I think the problem is just too heavily invested into the Bucks. Uh, OJ and Rojo, uh, they flash one week. They both poop the bed the next. It's uh, anyway. That's enough about me. I'm sorry. I'm just. Uh-huh. I am bitter. I am so bitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So close of season strategies. Um, let's. I don't really have any leagues with trade deadlines at this point that I can think of. Um, so I can only really speak on leagues that don't. Um, you Like you were saying when we were talking about Jeff Driscoll, why rush? There's going to be a team. There's going to be another injury just because that's the way this year is going. Um, I, I think I've said this before. I don't remember what show it was on, but veteran players are like draft picks because the closer you get to the end, to the your rookie draft, the more valuable your draft pick is going to get. The closer we get to the playoffs, the more valuable Emmanuel Sanders is going to get. All right. Well, that, I mean, yeah. that's a bad one because of the rib injury. But, you know, Julian Edelman. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. These kinds of guys. So if you are that 
middling might even be wrong. Like if you're in that team that's two games out and you're like, I just don't think I'm going to make those two games. I might as well try and get what I can. If you can't get it now, don't push anything. Don't rush anything. Like if someone's offering you a third and you think you deserve that second, give it a week or two because worst case scenario, just take the third from the guy in two weeks. It'll be there. Trust me. You know, because at this point, if you're still holding on, there's not too many people still holding on to those vets at this point, at least in the leagues I'm in. You know, by now we know what our teams are and we've accepted it. At least you should. If you haven't, you know, <laughs> jump on that train, figure it out, do what you can do to sort of set you up for next year. Uh, so, but if you have, if you're sitting on your team, which like, again, James uh, Katulis, his team, you know, He's 0-10, but for some reason still has Julian Edelman. You know, if you're a good team, click on those rosters of all your lower teams. If you're a bad team and you have one of those players, look for a team that has like one bad flex spot and just be like, hey, you know, wouldn't you rather start uh, Julian Edelman instead of Byron Pringle? I Because, I, yes, I was also going to start Byron Pringle until I got a... Uh, <laughs> Until I got Raheem Mostert or uh, Jason Witten to fill that flex spot. Um, So be proactive, I guess, is also another thing. Because if you do have a deadline, you're going to get kind of screwed if you don't make something happen if it's not coming to you. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. One other thing I do definitely want to bring up with close of season strategies. The man, this this is this is going to hit home for both of us, Russ. Um, (laughs) I think everyone has players on their team that they're either uh, a big believer in or have showed you something at some point in their career. Um, so someone like a Stefan Diggs, oh. uh, it, it, right? So, so we've watched this Minnesota offense, obviously get, get some wins when he's been fantastic. We've also watched him get wins when he's done really nothing. He's a player that we like a lot. He's under contract, seemingly, Talent out the wazoo, opportunity out the wazoo with Thielen out. How do you close the season with a guy like Steph Diggs? Because I can't put him in my lineup and trust that he's going to be what I think he should be and what he's proven to be. And I and 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 I think there comes a certain point where if I keep trotting him out there in your in your starting lineup, he's actively hurting your team. Same goes for someone like O.J. Howard. Same goes for someone like maybe even Keenan Allen to a smaller degree who's Tyler not Boyd, been what we had hoped. Yeah. yeah, Tyler Boyd. Targets galore. I think he had, what, one catch this past week? Like, I don't even want to know, man. We're watching, <laughs> we're watching supremely talented players be absolutely neutered with production at this point, and we have to figure out, we have to make these hard decisions as to these next steps, because uh, again, fantasy championships, playoff berths, uh, seating in your toilet bowl, going after that number one pick, whatever it may be, or the extra compensatory pick, like a trade addicts league has. Mm-hmm. These these are the decisions that we have to make. That we have to again eyes forward, not looking and worrying about what happened, recognizing that things aren't looking great. How do we move forward with someone like Steph Diggs or someone that you like a lot? Insert player name here that you're very jazzed about um do you do you hope and wait that 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 someone will bounce back because the opportunity technically is there uh or are you looking to take them at their name value and leverage them into a piece that can help you move forward 
uh, with whatever your team looks like. I'm curious specifically for the, for that name, what, what you think, because I know that we both have quite a quite a high affinity for someone like Steph Diggs. Uh, that, okay, so Stefan Diggs. Here's here's my thing with Stefan Diggs. Um, for all my rebuilding teams, I always said, go after one core wide receiver. That's your first step. And for a good two-ish years, that player for me was Stefan Diggs. I have some teams where I have Stefan Diggs and I'm still just starting that rebuild. I don't feel safe building around him anymore. I he was I mean it it was always once those injuries stop he's going to be amazing and to be fair he's probably if not the top 3ish best route runners in this league like it's the talent hasn't gone away they just happen to have Dalvin Cook on their team <laughs> I mean that's really what it comes down to um but that matters you know <sighs> In the long run, it might not, but right now it sort of does. Next year, it will too. Running backs don't always last that long, so three years, maybe it won't, but you're going to wait three years? I mean, I don't have that patience. Um, Can't do it. <laughs> nope. So what really it comes down to is what? where does he rank in your wide receiver room? Is he your first wide receiver? I panic. Is he your third? No, I keep him. Um if I have my home league where I have Odell Beckham, Tyler Boyd, and Stefan Diggs, how's that for what should have been an amazing wide receiver room? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Um, I mean, also, okay, check this out. My running backs are Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb. My tight end, Evan Engram. My quarterback, I have Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan. It's a one QB league. I'm in last place. <laughs> oh my gosh. 2019 what a cruel mistress <laughs> um so in a team like that where i'm not necessarily depending on my wide receivers like it's a running back heavy team with a good at least a good scoring quarterback because you know Jameis is Jameis, but he'll still put up 20 something points um i'm fine trotting him out i'm fine putting digs out there i mean boyd not so much anymore because he doesn't even have the highs he's just that offense is just killer um if I can call Stefan Diggs my wide receiver three or below, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. If I'm rebuilding, I I don't want him to be my wide receiver one anymore. I have my um, my UDPL team, the Ultimate Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League UDPL. Yeah, that's it. Um, where I acquired Steph Diggs as my main rebuilding piece, and now I'm just like shit. Um, <sighs> all right i mean i have some other good pieces where it's just like at one point like is it worth to have this guy who is worth at least a very good first if not a first plus or on my rebuild do i go get two good assets i right. think we might be at the point where i well, i have tried to go get two good assets i i think that's where we are on steph Diggs. um if you can cover for him in other places, if you aren't depending on him to be scoring you 20 points every week, because let's face it, that is not happening, then you're fine. Don't worry about it. Take the four points, but get ready for the 40 points because they're both coming. Yep. Just hope it happens when you need it to. Um, 
But yeah, I don't feel confident in him like I used to. And that super makes me sad because the talent has not gone anywhere. He himself has not fallen off a cliff. That team has just lost their minds. And the thing is, they haven't because A, it's working. And B, Dalvin Cook is just so damn good. So like, I get it. But it's just, it hurts me personally. <laughs> and why don't that, they care? Is, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't you care? Why don't you care about my feelings? Uh, and 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 for him to... Like you just said, the four game, the the four point games are coming, and the forty point games, yeah. and he's got the bye coming up this week. So if you're in any kind of a stretch run and you are counting on him to some degree, maybe it's time to look in the mirror and say, you know what, Steph, we've had a fun ride, uh, yeah. and I think you're, you're super talented, and this will probably hurt me in the long run. Uh, but for the sake of this, my sanity, which I find important, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the sake of my team and and this shot at the title, which I find important. Uh, you you you've got to go elsewhere, and I can't I can't take these these two point games from you uh, here in this stretch run where you're facing a Packers defense in Week 16 uh, for the championship, and everybody's been slicing up the Packers secondary in terms of wide receiver ones, and all of a sudden you you lay an egg. So yeah, I find uh, I find his case and players that we like a lot who have underachieved uh, to be a really fascinating aspect of how we close out the year. Uh, with players that we like a lot, that we want to build around, like you just said, uh, I, I am no longer comfortable building around Steph Diggs. Uh, that's that's a that's a scary proposition, man. Scary proposition. No, but like, okay, but also to bring this back around to how this close of season conversation started, you have a competing team. You have Stefan Diggs. You don't feel safe about it. You want to trade, but you're afraid of trading away your future. Would you say no to trading Stefan Diggs for? Michael Gallup, and if you can get a late first or an early second out of it. Mm. <laughs> Michael Gallup is producing in a very good level. He doesn't have the name cachet that Stefan Diggs does. You're getting a nice draft pick on top of it. That doesn't hurt your mm. it doesn't hurt your playoff run at all. You won't get those 40 point games, but you're not getting the fours, it doesn't seem. And you're getting that draft pick, which either A, you use that to further bolster your roster or you have a nice draft pick going into the draft. I mean, again, going back to what I said before, just because you're winning doesn't mean you don't make moves. You could always make right. your team better and it doesn't always look the way you think you, your next trade doesn't have to be your last. So getting rid of the volatility for something more solid and then getting something on top of it that you could either a, just savor you have a nice extra piece or you know send your wide receiver five in a second for another wide receiver three and call yourself you know a much more solid team in the end yeah the specifically with your Gallup example which is fun because it it effectively it would seem it would lower your ceiling but it also raises your floor because we know that we know that yeah and that's uh, depending upon what your team needs but specifically uh and when you get to this time in the playoffs you can't have you can't have multiple people laying eggs right because you, you can't you can overcome one egg probably you can't overcome two and three eggs on your team or, or two and three people producing uh that low so uh like you said you can even flip that late first uh the closer that we get to the playoffs uh you, that you could even find something else nice with that so that's a uh, man if I had you, a, you. I mean, trade at six. You have Diggs. I have Gallup. If I only, if only I had a first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we've uh yeah i, I think that uh Kali and, and trade act six is so funny because you start the year you think you have a chance you're not scoring enough points and, and i and i did the i did the the russ fisher uh diagnostic check if you will shout out to the Di- dynasty diagnostic. i was about to say yeah but but i did the russ fisher diagnostic check where i say okay let me look at the power rank let me look at uh, let me look at my point score. Let me look at my potential points and figure out, okay, maybe I'm not contending. Then you start selling off a lot of pieces and you're still contending. Wait a second. What's going on? So then you flip the switch. Again. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it, I don't know, man. It's uh sheesh dynasty. So strange and awesome. And which is why it's so much fun. Yes. Yes. The, it's, it's the journey, the journey, as they say. All right. So real quick, um, I talked about trade deadlines. I think we all, at this point, if you listen to the show, know my feelings on them. How what do you feel about trade deadlines? I, I think I'm a huge fan of uh, no trade deadlines with a caveat. Um, I really like the idea of trades specifically for playoff teams. And I'm not in any league like this. But the idea of trades for playoff teams being turned off and then once they're eliminated, you can trade again. Um, um, so basically, you are in a league like that because you are in the Superflex Super Show Vampire League. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, where no vampire is going to be making the playoffs. No <laughs> vampires making. Thankfully, because I would feel bad about myself. <laughs> the worst oh, part yeah, about that well, is we've won two games this year. We took, we stole Evan Engram and Aaron Jones. What do they have in common? They both had bye weeks this week, the last week of the regular season. <laughs> this was our last chance to steal someone, and we couldn't use the two players we stole. Sheesh, and and, and that's that's so disgusting. We, we we just took on your boy. We just took on your boy, Frankie. What up, Frankie? Uh, p- part of the CKC Cool Kids Club. Uh, <laughs> Frankie, uh, he he skated off because we had to start one quarterback that we stole earlier in the year, Mr. Jared Goff. Uh, <laughs> so okay. I think we lost by maybe I think we lost by 10 points, uh, which makes it even harder to stomach uh, with with golf just being so incredibly crappy. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, I think that the idea of trades being turned off. Right at the playoffs uh, for for actual playoff teams and you guys just fighting it out to see who who's who's done the done the work throughout the year to get to this point. Uh, and then basically once you're eliminated, you can trade again. I think in in my the idea of that sounds like it makes sense to me in terms of what's what's optimal. Because I don't I don't I don't love the idea of okay, I've I've leveraged everything uh for this one week to hopefully win the championship. Like I get it, it, it makes sense, but uh, and there's a huge risk with it, but I I just it doesn't feel very good. Yeah, I mean I completely get that side of it and I need to be I didn't make the championship of any of the trade addicts leagues. I got bounced um, and week week 15 last year was I, I will forever just just hate week 15 <laughs> of the 2018 season. I lost so many leagues in that week, um, but I didn't make any championships, So I don't know what I would do when in that situation. Um, I know in trade addicts to Brian Har created an arms race in that playoff push and into the playoffs. So there were some trades made. No one went too nuts. Trade Addicts 3, there was some crazy trading, and, and it did the guy who went nuts trading won the championship. Um, But like I said, there hasn't been anybody who went, like they were all, va- 
on value trades. There was nothing that was stupid. No one screwed up their team. No one left because of it. But yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, you do you, that's fine. I won't judge, but I just don't know what I would do when I was there. So yeah, I have no idea how I would feel about it if I would do it. But I mean, for, you know, we know how I feel. Trade away if that's what you're going to do. Because <laughs> like, again, like we just saw, like I did everything I could to win this week and score some points and I did awful. So right. it's there's two sides of it. It's not always going to work, even though it should process over results. But those results still might suck. <laughs> yeah, the results matter, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, you, you want to win the title. You want to win it in certain weeks. So uh, pr- process process only process sounds really good uh, until things stop working. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not like, working how I envisioned them. Yeah, I love the living the stream like Denny Carter's, you know, his thing of screaming process into the shower head as he cries, you know, <laughs> screaming into the void. The process, the process. Yeah. Because you can do everything right, but it just, just still doesn't always t- turn out the way it's supposed to. Okay. Um, you want to chalk quarterbacks? I mean, we've been talking for about how, an hour, 15 how, minutes, and I just don't care. <laughs> how are you feeling is the question. If you're tired, we can call it. Oh, no. I... I will talk to you forever. We can keep recording until open bar starts tomorrow. My job would be a little angry at me, but, but yeah. Well, just real quick. Um, w- when it comes to quarterbacks, just because of when I, uh, and again, this was, this was spurned by shout out to DLF. Obviously this is a DLF podcast. We'll shout out mm-hmm. the, the home front, the mother, the mothership, if you will. The, <laughs> so I'm in this uh, DLF super flex mock draft. And all of a sudden, you start looking at the total landscape of quarterback, and maybe this is something that some folks have pointed out. But it and and shout out to, to another guy uh, that that's a friend of this podcast, uh, whom I listen to as well, Mister uh, Scott Connor, uh, Mister Mister mm. Charles Chill FFB on on Twitter. He's he, way too good at this game. He yeah, he he really is. Uh, but but he also mentioned just how uh, the actual quarterback landscape isn't nearly as deep as we once saw it to be. And I want to pull up this mock draft because I want to be able to talk through just kind of what's happened. I have the 103. I take CMC. And again, this is a mock draft. So people are like, you know, whatever. But I just want to take you through kind of the exercise itself. When we're looking at these drafts, uh, CMC obviously going 103. Uh, We see Mahomes, Watson. um, We see Rodgers, Lamar, and Russ all go basically from 101 all to 203. All of a sudden, you have Dak, Kyler, Carson, Wentz, and Matt Ryan all go also in the second round. So then you're looking at who's left. You're looking at what's left in terms of the landscape of quarterback, and you don't feel good about any of them. Mm -hmm. Right? You're looking like the next up, you're looking at like Baker and Jameis and Goff, a uh, little further down, Stafford and Carr, and all of a sudden you, you dig, you start digging real deep. Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, and all of a sudden nobody even feels good to take as your QB two. Let alone if you waited and tried to take them as your QB one. None of those guys feel good, right? <laughs> so the landscape itself. If you have any kind of startups coming up next season, um, I, I would I would be mindful. <laughs> of of the scarcity right now for top end very good quarterbacks up front because again with with guys like big ben uh big ben being hurt uh with cam being hurt with brady and breeze being extra old 
we're we're looking at a generation of quarterback uh, where where we had a lot of guys that we could lean on for a long time. Uh, you, you're not feeling good about many of those guys at this point. So um, I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts either on the position or even guys who you feel like would be players that you, you think you should be going and trying to acquire now? Because as I think about it, and it's probably too late at this point, but someone like Kyler Murray, as he's kind of waited through the year, kind of wishy-washy to some degree, and while, while Arizona has been trying to figure out their offense, uh, he would have probably would have been a prime candidate to go and scoop before they started figuring things out as an offense. Um, but but now it's probably way too late. Oh man, I was trying. I think it was back at like week three after seeing a game or two of Kyler and just being like, okay, no, this is for real. I want to go by. I yeah, know it's yeah. late, but I'm going to go by. Uh, you could not. It, it, it's far too late on Kyler Murray. But I agree. Um, I think what you. The way I usually ride super flex leagues is I like to grab a quarterback early. You know, I have a lot of Watson and Mahomes and Andrew Luck shares. Um, <laughs> so, like, I like to grab one quarterback early and then I'm willing to wait, wait a little bit. Um, the thing is, you know, the John Hogue of ism of quarterbacks are always the cheapest in the draft. Right. You know, so you can wait to the fifth round sometimes. I mean, Dak is a bad. He before this season, Dak was always the guy you'd say, wait for the fourth or fifth and grab Dak or Kirk Cousins or something. Um, you can't do that on Dak anymore. Uh, but like, that's what I always like to do. You know, I build around quarterbacks and wide receivers. That's how I build my super flex teams. So grab a quarterback in the first wide receiver, wide receiver, see what falls to me there. You know, if I'm stuck with a crazy draft where Daniel Jones is the best available in the fourth, I'll wait four more rounds and grab Philip Rivers. That's not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> let me, I mean, let me grab a, a top 12 running back just because everyone went insane on quarterback. Right. Okay. Here, trade, man, trade at six just, you know, it's funny. Like they are organically working their way into these stories, not just purposely because you're in this league. <laughs> um, I went nuts in that league drafting quarterbacks just because this year, I don't know what it was in these drafts. It just felt like quarterback was the value. I'm looking at this and I'm just like, who has more value in two weeks, this quarterback right now, or this running back or wide receiver? Like I'm easily taking this quarterback. All right, let me just take another quarterback. That's fine. You know, like John Hogue likes to leave with eight. I'm like, all right, I'll leave with four and call it a victory for me. Um, and everyone's just like, oh, man, you guys drafting quarterbacks so early. You know, good luck with them on your bench. I'm not trading for them. I'm not trading for them. They're going to trade for them. Let them <laughs> just let it let them get it out of their system before that season starts. They're going to come knocking. They're going to complain about the price you want. Oh, you're just trying to take advantage of me because I don't have a quarterback. No, this is what quarterbacks are worth, man. <laughs> like none of these people are new to Superflex. They know they're coming. Just, I, I mean, maybe sometimes they'll get lucky. They'll draft Daniel Jones in the God knows what round. They'll draft last year if they drafted Mahomes in like the 10th and got lucky with it. Sometimes it happens. Or sometimes they get stuck with Eli Manning. And then two weeks in, they're just like, oh, well, crap. I had Eli Manning and uh, Josh Rosen, and now I have nothing. <laughs> Damn. Let me go to uh, Russ, who has four starting quarterbacks. And don't get me wrong, a better, no, that's wrong. A better trader, a worse person 
would just rake these people over the coals and just take half their team. (laughs) I at least still just got, you know, I ask fair value out of things because you don't want to piss people off. Like, like we said in the beginning, it's about the relationships. You don't want to be a jerk about it. Okay. That's a lie. Be a jerk in the chat, but not in your trade values. (laughs) You know, feel free to make fun of people all you want. That's, that's half the fun of fantasy football, but yeah, no, they will come calling for quarterbacks. So I like to be safe, make sure I always have at least one I will feel comfortable starting every single week. And then after that, glue it together. You know, like my kids, glue sticks and construction paper, just figure it out. <laughs> and, and and perhaps, and I think that's probably a good thing, because if you have the one, you have someone to be able to lean on through any and everything, right? Um, but the one that you lean on, all the factors of what makes them why you're leaning on them have to continue to stay true. So they have to either be uh, young enough or under contract long enough or have the viability that we've seen year over year or not have someone breathing down their neck. Like there's got to be so many things going right with the person that you're leaning on. So in your leagues where you have Watson and or Mahomes, like, hey, the, you know, hey, there's, like there's me and Trade Addict 6 where I have both of them. <laughs> where you have both. Let's bring it back again. <laughs> But those are the those are the factors that that having the one uh, makes all the sense in the world. The 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 problem becomes this season's upheaval of quarterbacks has really done a number on, I think, the psyche of us as dynasty players. And we can play like this is uh, like this is a an aberration or a one off. The problem is with these coaches continuing to be under pressure with these teams consistently under pressure to be able to produce um, on the field or produce wins, essentially uh, just producing on the field in general, they're needing these guys to come in and be competent, whomever it is. So while we just watched Winston and Marcus Mariota struggle for four and five years, uh, while we just watched Andy Dalton struggle out the gate and, and actually to some degree, still be productive with yards, but not necessarily getting it done for for many reasons. When Drew Brees gets hurt, when Nick Foles gets hurt, like all these things happening, Eli Manning gets gets benched, Case Keenum gets benched. All of a sudden, almost half the league, uh, we've I don't know how many starting quarterbacks we've seen. Oh, wait, I, no, I think I have I this answer because on Dynasty Game Night that they just released this week, where John was hosting. They did this game where they had to name all of the quarterbacks that started this year. I think wow. he said there was fifty-two of them. That's un that's unreal. But but that's not. But is that real? I mean, besides the people, maybe they don't get hurt year over year like this. But I don't see that you get these guys who are just going to be sitting there struggling game over game year over year. So. In Superflex, if you are going to be going after the one stud, then you should most certainly be hammering. Yes. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I kind of think through this as we go uh, and as we talk through it, but yeah. I just find this situation so fascinating because I don't know that this is necessarily going anywhere. Well, I mean, think about it. In your one quarterback leagues, you have your bottom of your rosters. You, for some reason, have Hakeem Butler still on your team. You have, uh, I, I can't think of like horrible people that you still have on your team. Um, nope, pulled up a roster just to try and see if I could find someone real quick, and there was no one good as an example. <laughs> but you have these, you know, you don't need Ryan Izzo on your team or 
man, why can't I find a bad team? This is ridiculous. I'm just trying to scroll to find a player where it's just completely pointless to hold on to them. And now I'm sitting Jordan here vamping Mankins. and I still can't. Yeah, Troy Main Pope, let's bring him back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like there's no, especially like in a super flex league, it's more important to have Matt Moore on your team, Ryan Finley yeah. on your team. Like that's the real big difference in super flex leagues. To me, you can have eight quarterbacks but even only one starter because sooner or later especially when you hit a year like this you're going to end up with multiple starters which you know nobody saw Gardner Minshew coming and if you got out while the getting out was good you got a first for him probably or if not a very good second Um, and let's face it there's a good chance he's starting again somewhere sometime soon so like to me with this landscape you know I was going to get to where you ended up getting to yourself anyway just that instead of churning the bottom of your roster in these like hopes and dreams, wide receivers or running backs, backup quarterbacks. I mean, cause there's no hopes and dreams for the third string, uh, Washington Redskins or New York jets quarterbacks, but they both played, <laughs> you know, they play games yep. and yep. sometimes in a super flex league, that's all you need unless you're Mason Rudolph and you give me 0.84 points and I lose my vampire league game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I lost it by much more than just that, but you know, the point stands. <laughs> yes. Yes. And and I think that the uh, that's likely going to be a viable strategy. And and as as Hoke says, hey, this is the cheapest that you'll get them is now versus trying to go out and when you need them going and trying to pay for yep. them. You don't want to be the guy who's desperate going out trying to buy Kyle Allen uh, <laughs> because you had Andy Dalton. You had all these guys who who struggle, who who have struggled mightily and lost jobs, uh, and haven't held like you hope. So, uh, yeah, I think that I think that this season has taught us that quarterback uh, as a position on your superflex leagues needs to be something that it's just just because uh, you haven't traditionally had to 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 cycle through them, their currency uh, is w- weighs much heavier and much more than we've ever thought previous. So, I think that that's. I don't think that that's an aberration. I think that that's something to to keep in the back of your minds as your team building moving forward. All right. And that is a wonderful note to end on because that last little rant took a lot out of me. So I'm definitely hitting that wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before we wrap up, you know, I could also say, you know, that's the end of our show sheet. So that's the end of our show. So the tired and the show sheet both really work on this one. <laughs> but I'm going to stick with the show sheet ones. That makes me feel like, you know, more manly about it like not i'm not tired whatever i can go forever that's fine um so before we head out of this little show why don't you remind everyone who you are what you do and why they should be listening to every single show you do because they're awesome uh once again uh russ i'm humbled to be able to join you thank you again for having me i truly appreciate you appreciate your friendship uh and, and grateful to have met you and hopefully continue to do life with you after we move to new jersey uh, 100. I got my. Yeah, I, I got, my wife. Seriously, I got a pull-out couch in the basement, ready for you until you guys find a real place of your own. I got my go. kids that are around the same age as your kids. They'll just have a great time playing together. It's it's fun, man. It's great. This is gonna be, awesome. be great. I'm excited already. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, I, I'm on Twitter at J Mike Check. Again, I, I'm J Mike. Uh, again, one half of the Open Bar Podcast, host of the Dummy Blitz Podcast, uh, which I'll likely be recording shortly after this. Uh, oh. But I am. Uh, I'm just. I'm. I'm You're so. Uh, again, okay. 
Uh, listen, I'm right. I'm right behind you. Uh, the, this is uh, again. I, this is just a treat for me to be able to join and, and talk through. So, Har, I kept your seat warm. Excited for you to come back whenever you do. Uh, and again, Russ, I, I appreciate you so much more than you know, and so much more than I often tell you. So, uh, you're awesome. Uh, and this this podcast is fantastic. And thank you for letting me uh, come on and, and and do a little ditty on there. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. And likewise to all those things that you said about me back to you, because, you know, you, okay, if you have the chance to talk to J. Mike, especially in person, you should absolutely do it. Literally one of the nicest people you'll ever talk to, just putting it out there. But we're not going to get super mushy at the end of the show, because I want people <laughs> to actually listen to the part where I tell them to give me their money. Um, <laughs> as I was saying, hey, ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com it's the season of giving so either a buy a shirt for your friends your loved ones give something to yourself you deserve it so ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com you got trade addict stuff superflex super show uh dynasty diagnostic top shelf dff and I am working on some Dynasty Game Night since I took over that show, so I'm going to throw some stuff in the store, whether John and Matt say I can or not. I want it, so I'm going to put it in there. Um, but also, 10% of all of those sales go to Fantasy Cares. We donate that. So, give and get. There you go. Also, we have our awesome Trade Addicts pod wristbands. Neon green, navy blue, the Trade Addicts colors. Uh, $5 per wristband, $2 of each wristband goes also to Fantasy Cares, all about those toys for tots. Uh, throw me or at Brian Hart FF, a little DM, slide right in there, and uh, we can get that transaction going. Uh, oh, yeah, the Cool Kids Club, uh, patreon.com slash tradeaddictspod. Um, $2 a month gets you access to the youtube live stream that you could watch live with us there's the youtube chat you can throw us some stuff we could talk to you about throw into the show I, I mean it's me so i'll probably just start talking to you like you could answer me back like live to everyone else and then i realize wait they're typing and i'm talking so i better have both parts of this conversation um five dollars gives you access to the youtube and the cool kids club which is honestly just one of the best chats i'm in it's so many damn good people in there so many smart people including this beautiful man J. Mike, as well as me, Frankie, Brian, Trader Joe, listen to other people that you guys probably don't even know, but it just you know makes me happy that I get to talk to all those people every day. Um, that's all, I guess. I can never remember if I said everything, and I just don't think I care anymore. So I'm just going to say good night, J. Mike. <laughs> night at house. Thank you for listening to the Trader Addict Podcast. Please remember to follow our host at Dynasty Outhouse and at RyanRFF. Follow the pod at Trade Addict Pod. Please review, subscribe, and rate the podcast. Thank you for listening and see you next time.